if you will. Turn to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, and we're going to read verses 18 through 25. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. We'll read responsively. I'll read the even verses. You'll read the odd with me. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. And let's pray. God, we do thank you so much, Lord. We've been here and for church this morning, and here we are again this evening. And Lord, we're thankful for a country where we can meet together. Thank you, Lord, for this scripture. Thank you for the, the Bible that we get to hold in our hand. That often we take lightly, but yet still you give us grace, you give us mercy. And uh, Lord, you want us to learn something tonight. Help us, Lord, to empty our minds and our hearts of anything that would keep us from listening and, and applying this truth to our lives. I ask you to be with our pastor, fill him with your spirit, and give us understanding. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Don't worry. I do realize it's October and I'm not preaching a Christmas message. Some of you, the only time you know that verse is at Christmas, amen? Uh, but we have here the, uh, the announcing and the, the, of what's going to take place with the birth of Christ. And let me say right here a couple things, just to <laughs> lightly uh, bring you up to speed. As I taught in our series on Romans, the miracle of the virgin birth is not the virgin. The miracle of the virgin birth is the father. Any person could be the virgin. There was only one father that could father a child through a virgin. That's the difference. Then you have something else here. Say, well, uh, I heard that Mary was, uh, by the way, when the Catholics teach the Immaculate Conception, they teach that Mary was the one immaculately conceived, not Jesus. Then they say that she never died. She was the mother of God, so she was translated, and she never knew Joseph as a husband physically. Well, we read in verse number 19, then Joseph, her husband, being just man, not willing to make a public example, put her away privily. Uh, you have to understand, uh, verse 18 says, before they came together. Verse 25, and he knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son. Guess what? She didn't always remain a virgin. We know that Jesus had three brothers and at least two sisters because they're named in Scripture. Now, a lady that had five kids didn't have all six of them, or had six kids, didn't have them all virgin born. Everybody doing okay? 
so you have to understand something. You have to forget what's been taught out in the world. Let's take God at his words, plain and simple. I try, I don't always succeed, as a matter of fact, I fail at it, uh, to live what I preach. God never commanded me to live at all. He commanded me to live (laughs) the same as he commanded you. But uh, just because I uh, have areas of weakness, so do you. One one of those areas I'm going to talk about tonight is one that I'm preaching to me. I want you to listen in. I won't be as hard on you as I am me, but, uh, and I, I will try to help you, but, uh, I'm as much of a sinner as you are. And I think all of us could glean something from the truth tonight. I'm a bit of a idealist, I guess you would say. Uh, I like to plan things and know how it's going to turn out. I'm not one of these people that just shows up and say, okay, y'all, let's get this going. If you notice, there's an order of service. We know what songs are going to be sung. We're not up here. Okay, which song do y'all want to sing tonight? Uh, we make sure that the specials are practiced, and we make sure that... Now, is everything perfect? No, Brother Anthony messes up every once in a while. <laughs> Brother Joe hits him inside like he did this morning. Uh, now, wait a minute. Uh, we, we, we make mistakes, but... Uh, things come out pretty well the way we play them. Uh, church starts at 6 o'clock, and Brother Anthony will tell you, I'm back there with the clock watching it, and about three seconds till, we start walking out. You say, why? Because I believe I'm being punctual, being on time. Uh, and it, it's just one of those things. Now, uh, I've lived enough life <laughs> to know that very little of what I plan turns out exactly the way I planned Y'all know what I'm talking about? If you are over the age of 25, nothing in your life turned out the way you thought it was going to. Nothing. You say, well, uh, I got married. Exactly. Uh, You see, life changes our plans. And I've learned that you have to learn how to roll with the punches a little bit. Uh, If you don't, you're going to be most frustrated most miserable, and honestly, you're going to be angry much of your life. Um, And some of that is due to our sin. We want to play God. That's what Satan tempted Eve and Adam with. In the day thou eatest, you could be like God, knowing good and evil. You don't need God to tell you what's right and wrong. You can decide it for yourself. And we'd like to plan life and have it work out just the way we had it planned. Some of the greatest plays in football didn't happen the way they were drawn up. How many of you remember the immaculate reception in the 1970s from uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers? You all know what I'm talking about? You say, what was that? It wasn't drawn up that way. It just happened. There was no planning to it. It was just a bunch of running around scrambling, and all of a sudden the pass went up, and Lin Swan came down with it. That's the only way to say it. Those of you young people with young children, your preconceived plans of how your children are going to turn out, you're going to be sadly disappointed. The ones you thought were going to be perfect, you're going to find out soon they're not perfect. You say, why? They have your blood. I have three. Trust me, my three are definitely not perfect. Uh, now, my, my wife has perfect blood, but not me. I messed it all up, amen? 
your your children don't do and they may take turns and do things that you hadn't planned in life. Uh, by the way, that's why you shouldn't plan your children's lives. Amen. That's for God to plan, not you. You're to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and let them answer to God for how they do things. Now, <laughs> let me talk to you as a pastor for a moment. Almost, if not every wedding, has something go wrong with it. You all just came back from a wedding or whatever. There's always something that happens. You say, What? I can't tell you, but I've seen everything happen that could happen. I've watched brides pass out. I've watched grooms pass out. I've watched them both pass out. I've seen the preachers get sick and throw up. I've seen, I mean, I've seen all kinds of things. Uh, I've seen little ones in weddings are often something that is very exciting. Uh, I, I, weddings are always uh, just a little bit of fun. My, when my daughter got married, uh, my wife's in the nursery. Uh, it must have been three and a half, three, four years ago. I forget. guess three years, a little over three years now. She got married right here. That little stinker. Now, when she got in, proposed to, her in-laws were up, and my wife and I were there, and Michael pulled out the ring and asked her to marry her. We were at the Putt-Putt Golf Course uh, up in Maryland, and her first statement wasn't, oh, wonderful. She said, are you serious? That stuck. I leaned over to Nathan, Michael's dad, and said, I have it planned for the wedding. He said, I said, come here. I said, I know you and I are going to do this wedding together, and one of us has got to do this. I said, I'm going to walk her down the aisle, and when you say who gives this bride away, I'm going to say, are you serious? I walked her down the aisle. The place was packed, everything, everybody's all decked out. That little booger recorded a song about daddy. She's hanging on my arm. I said, that's not fair. I thought, okay, I can watch Nathan. I was standing right there. He's standing right here. I thought, I can make it through without crying. Halfway through that song, he's up here blubbering. I I thought, you idiot. So I'm looking above his head. I'm thinking, I'm going to make it. 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 So I got through the song, not totally dry, but uh, pretty much so. Nathan gets his composure and says, who gives this woman away? I said, are you serious? Now, everybody went from blubbering crying to hysterical laughing. If you were there, you know what I'm talking about. My, my daughter, she slaps my arm. Daddy. I said, gotcha. <laughs> now, I had done what I planned. Now, it didn't all turn out the way they had planned. There were some little bumps and things along the way. When my wife and I got married, it was 102 degrees outside in southern Michigan, right on the Ohio-Michigan line. It was hot. The air conditioning went out in the fellowship hall on the second floor of the church building. We had one of those cakes from back in the 1980s. Shut up. Uh, You know, the ones that had the multiple tiers and then all the things coming down and tiers and tiers and... I'm not lying. We cut the cake. 30 seconds later, everything started falling. The, kel- the cakes were melting. And everything was, they're catching handfuls of, you know, it was great. Hot. There's only three windows in the entire fellowship hall for 500 people. It must have been 200 degrees in that room. <laughs> it was miserable. 
well, uh, my wife had a dress given to her. She didn't think through it too well. It was long sleeve. She didn't know I had planned a horse and carriage ride from the church back to her parents' house so we could change and leave. Do you know how hot a horse and carriage ride is at 102 degrees? In a monkey suit and a long sleeve wedding dress, oh, it was miserable. But you do what you got to do. Amen. Things don't always go the way we plan. Here, we read in Matthew chapter 1 the story of the birth of Christ. Now, I'm going to make a statement here. <laughs> I don't think things turned out for Mary and Joseph, Brother Jim, quite the way they planned. I don't think as they were dating that Joseph looked at Mary and said, Do you realize you're going to be the vehicle by which God is going to birth his son? You say, why? Because Joseph had one thing on his mind, and that's getting married. Ain't no man in the world thinking about that. Uh, think about this for a second. <laughs> Probably more than any other love story or relationship in the world, there started off the rough, roughest. <laughs> How'd you like to go see your fiance and she says, I'm pregnant and God did it? Yeah, right. Now think through. I don't think it turned out the way Joseph planned. Uh, they got engaged and then Mary's pregnant and not by, by Joseph, but by God. That didn't go the way Joseph planned. I'm sure it didn't go the way Mary planned. <laughs> then she is very pregnant and they have to go back to Bethlehem to do their taxes. That is definitely not planned. Uh, imagine, and by the way, they didn't have cars and trains. I mean, they were walking, they were riding donkeys. And uh, imagine being nine months plus pregnant and riding a donkey. I can imagine what Joseph was hearing. Then they get there and he didn't have hotel reservations. It didn't go quite the way he planned. There wasn't even a hotel to get reservations in. There was no place but a barn. The rest of his life was about to end. I can imagine. Especially because that night, soon as they get there, shortly after they settle down, <laughs> she said, Joseph, it's time. He said, for what? <laughs> We're having this baby. <laughs> we are. You are on me. It didn't go quite the way they planned. Not only where, where it was, not only what building it was in, or what city it was in. This wasn't going anything according to plan. And yet, seems like everything went awry, but look what God did with something that wasn't planned the way man planned it. Your job might not be what you planned it to be. 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. Uh, you may not be in the situation with your family that you planned years ago. You may not live where you thought you would live. I never thought I would live in West Virginia. I grew up in Ohio. Uh, we told West Virginia jokes. Then we and I moved here and found out most of them were true. No. Uh, <laughs> wait a minute. Uh, 
I, I get it. I never thought when my wife and I got married we'd spend two years in California, four years in South Carolina, another five or six years in Indiana, back here, spend 20-some years here. Never, never part of the plan. You say, what was the plan? Do whatever God wanted. That was the plan. Uh, it seems like the best things that happen in life end up happening in response to unplanned events. Now, <laughs> the detours in, of, of life sometimes end up being the greatest blessings. Sometimes we look at that detour and get frustrated and angry and everything else, but sometimes it's that detour that protects us and shows us a new way that opens up a whole new world. Now, I'm not condoning, nor do I think it's best to float through life. I think you're foolish if you don't try to plan a few things. Having no plan at all is not good. God does not want us to just do what we want, when we want it, as we want it, and, and, and it just doesn't work that way. But God knows that because we're all sinners that things are not always going to go out the way we plan. By the way, nothing that he planned worked out the way he wanted at first. God never intended for man to sin. It was not God's plan for man to sin. So God had to adapt because of our disobedience. It's that simple. Let me give you a few thoughts. Number one, God wants us prepared, but not so planned that we cannot adapt. God wants us prepared, but not so planned that we cannot adapt. My phone will ring. My uh, the door will open to the church and somebody will come and say, Preacher, I know you're busy, but do you have time? Yes. But you've got so much to do, I can rearrange it. If you have a need, you have a problem, we'll work it out. You say, why is that? Because it may not go the way I planned, but I'm prepared for it. You see, you have to prepare for the unplanned. Most of you never live with preparation for the unplanned in your life. I, I know, <laughs> probably in the last five years, I don't think, Brother Harry, there's more, been more than once or twice in five years, I've sat down, worked on a sermon from beginning to end with no interruptions. And I'm not sure it's happened that many times. There's constant interruptions. Constant questions, constant phone calls, constant get up and do this. I'm working on 18 or 20 sermons right now all at one time, and they're all in different stages, and I've got 20 or 25 of them sitting in a file ready to go. And uh, you say, why is that? Because I have to plan so far ahead, and uh, I just have to keep working and keep working and keep working because I get three minutes here, five minutes here, 20 minutes here, two minutes here. It's just I keep working on them as I can. Now, that's why Romans 12, 1 and 2 are in the Bible. Turn to Romans 12 with me real quick. I want to show you something. Romans chapter 12, look at verse number 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now watch this. 
And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good. Now, what's the next word? And. Does it say or? No, it says and. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And let me help you with something. Most preachers, and I've been in church for, I'm 56 years old, I've been in church for 57 years. I grew up, I was hatched in church just about. Much of my life, I, I heard preachers preach about the will of God and they'd, they'd pull out a target and you'd have the, the X on the, on the inner circle and all the other circles outside of that and said your goal is to hit that X because that is the perfect will of God. And that is the stupidest illustration of the will of God that there is. It was the will of God that I graduated from Massillon Christian High School in Massillon, Ohio when I was 18 years old. But that was not the end of the will of God. Then I was to go to Bible college and graduate, but that was not the end of the will of God. Then my wife and I did a tour of duty in Southern California for two years. Uh, and we were out there during the Rodney King riots and all the excitement and uh, man, California's like a box of cereal full of fruits, flakes, and nuts, amen? And I, uh, we were out there. And, uh, but then it was the will of God that, by the way, none of those were the end of the will of God for our life. You see, then it was South Carolina, then it was Indiana, then it was here. And it was the will of God 11 years ago to start Grace Baptist Church. But is that the end of the will of God? No, it's not. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The will of God changes as life changes. The will of God grows with you as you get older and as life changes with you. And you have to understand, it was the will of God that we had our three children. But it's also been the will of God that we've got our grandson now. I don't know that it was the will of God. I just know that it's happened that we've got five grandbabies in heaven. Three from Josh and Ruth Ann and two from Mindy and Michael. You say, what is that? It happens. You all know that. So, well, God planned it all. God didn't plan for man's sin. It's a result of sin. We're all sinners. I wasn't real happy a year ago when Josh and Ruthann had three foster kids ripped away, one which was supposed to have already been adopted. So technically, we've lost eight grandchildren. Can I tell you something? God's still good. Still doing the will of God. I didn't say every event was good. But the will of God is progressive as we get older. And as life changes, it changes with us. I'm not saying that you're to change professions. I'm not say, saying that you're to change doctrine. Doctrine does not change. The word of God never changes. Amen. Now hang on for a second here. God prepares us. Uh, for us, and we change as our desires in, in life changes. Soul winning is being prepared, not having a planned script. I think that you need to learn some things. You need to learn what the gospel is. If you pick up a gospel track, right there's all you need to learn. It's on the back of that track, and you don't even have to memorize it. You could read it to them. But did you know people can get saved by reading other verses too? It's not the only verses. 
I was sitting on an airplane one time and a little lady with a red dot on her forehead sat next to me. I thought, oh brother, that's not fun. I was working on sermons, she's stuck in the middle, the guy's slobbering up against the window on the other side and I'm in the aisle. I got my Bible open, I'm working. She said, sir, are you a Christian? I said, yes, ma'am, are you? She said, no, I'm, I'm Hindu. I kept working. She said, what you working on? I said, a sermon. I'm getting ready to go preach in Kansas City. She said, what you going to preach? Well, now, she's locked in a metal hot dog tube up in the sky with a Baptist preacher next to her. That's like saying, sick him to a bulldog. <laughs> Brother Bob, I started going through the scriptures with her. Told her who Jesus was. I started showing her from the scripture and she began to weep. She told me a story how she grew up in India. She wasn't even supposed to be on that flight pre-911. She found out 10 o'clock the night before. She got to the airport and she's on that flight. And she said every day in my village I'd walk out of my village, look at the end of the uh, hill there, look out and say there's got to be something else out there. Show me what it is. She said, every day that I lived in India, growing up in that little village, I knew there was something more. She said, is this what I've been looking for? I said, yes, ma'am. It's not what it is, it's who it is. Because the very person you were talking to has answered you by putting you on this airplane next to me with the word of God to show you what it said. She bowed her head and trusted Jesus Christ as her Savior. Man, I was having fun. Let the guy slobber on the window, Amen. You see, you have to be prepared, but not so planned that you can't say something else. We get so rigid. We get so, uh, if, if this isn't exactly this way, and if this isn't this way, and if you didn't have your two eggs and bagel and this and this, and then your whole day's all messed up. Well, God bless you. There's more to life than what you ate for breakfast. There's more to life than you got stuck by a traffic light you never get stuck by before. There's more to life than uh, all the little things that you think you have to have just your way. Did you know if your socks are in a different spot where your shirts are, that life isn't going to end up tragic? Now, I believe in order. But it doesn't mean that just because it's not in order doesn't mean that you can't survive. (laughs) Just as a team prepares for a game doesn't mean that they're going to play the game the exact same way every time. You have to plan on what your opponent is strong at and weak at. We need to be prepared for marriage, but don't plan it. And may I say something? You can never be prepared for marriage. Uh, But can I tell you something? (laughs) Prepare for marriage, don't plan it. You have to be prepared for things you never thought you'd be prepared for. You're going to have to put up with sick kids, maybe the death of a child. You're going to have to put up with in-laws, emergencies, diseases, sickness, financial strains, disagreements, dirty diapers. Glory to God. You can prepare for it, but you can't plan it. You got this wonderful little child. And something happens. They turn into some kind of demon at a certain age. And you're wondering, who's the parents of this child? You all know what I'm talking about? Hopefully they come out of it, but they all reach that. 
Oh, not my child. <laughs> Hang on. You'll, you'll find out. You'll find out. And then they turn into teenagers. <sighs> Prepared means as ready as much as you can be, but not getting distraught when it doesn't turn out the way you prepared. Did you know you're supposed to prepare for life? If you would have asked me 35, uh, 43 years ago when I surrendered to preach, if I'd be pastoring a church in Kearneysville, West Virginia, I'd have laughed in your face. I had no idea. I just kept preparing. And as you prepare, look what God's done. Eleven years ago, if somebody said, Preacher, you're going to pastor a church and buy four acres of ground and build a building on <laughs> ground that had about four million plastic pots from a tree farm, I'd have laughed in your face. But look what God's done. You see, uh, most of the bitterness and anger and disappointment in life comes when life doesn't happen the way we planned. You know, I never plan attacks, but they come. I've prepared for them, but I don't plan them. Uh, let me make a statement here. Life is not determined by my plans. Life's not determined by your plans. You just have to get your way through it. You have to be prepared. Number two, don't plan what you're going to feel before you feel it. <laughs> you know, I don't plan the emotion of a sermon. I don't plan the emotion of a church service. You say, why? I don't, expecting a certain feeling, and by the way, we live way too much by feeling. Amen. Way too much by feeling. Well, I just don't know that I feel right. So what? Well, I don't feel good. Well, if I only did something when I felt good, I probably wouldn't do anything. Y'all know what I'm talking about? When that barometer's down 2.4, 2.5, or 29.4, 29.5, like it's been the last couple of days, I didn't feel like getting out of bed at 4 o'clock this morning, but I did. I didn't feel like being at church before 5 o'clock this morning, but I was here. I said, well, preacher, I hurt. Yeah, I know the feeling. Guess what? There's still work to do. You see, some of you get disappointed. You plan a trip or you plan a vacation and you plan this or you plan that. And then when you get there, you don't have the feelings you thought you would have. And then you're disappointed in it. Well, we, we went here on vacation once. And then the second time we went there on vacation, it wasn't as good. Can I tell you why? You were expecting the same feeling as you had the first time. You were planning the feeling, you weren't enjoying the experience. See, don't plan the feeling, just plan the experience. And let the feelings happen as they do. Expecting or planning your feelings for church can cause you great disappointment. <laughs> I don't have spots in my sermon that says, laugh here, tell joke here, cry here. Scream and holler here. No, I don't do that. I plan and prepare the sermons and let God take care of the emotion. We want to plan everybody's emotions. Can I tell you something? You can't plan a woman's emotions. She can't even plan them. Uh, and 
any man in here, you can't even play in your own emotions because you don't even know what an emotion is. Yeah, I don't plan my emotions with my family. I just enjoy being with them. I do. Mindy and Michael, they, they FaceTime us almost every day with uh, little Hudson. He's eight months old now. And we act like idiots on, on a phone. <laughs> you know, all those things that you do as grandparents. Just like everybody else. You say, preacher, I can't see you doing it. Well, come over to the house when they call. I'll be doing it. Say, why? Because that's what we do. I don't plan those emotions, but it sure is great. Everybody understand that? You see, we want to plan the emotion. So when he's having a bad day cutting teeth and got diaper rash and got ear infections and, you know, slobbering everywhere, and he doesn't want to smile, I don't get all upset. What's wrong? He's a baby. That's what's wrong. He's cutting teeth. He's got diaper rash. He's got amoxicillin for ear infection, and the amoxicillin does things to cause the diaper rash. That's the only way you know how to say that appropriately. I think I got out of that one. I'm not sure. Can I tell you something? Well, what's wrong? Quit checking the emotion. Just enjoy it. We want to plan the emotions way too much. I don't plan my feelings for a funeral. Three years ago, I stood right here behind this piece of wood and did my mama's funeral. I did not plan my emotions. You say, preacher, but you didn't break down. <laughs> You're right. I needed to lead our church through it. I'd done a funeral on Friday. I preached all day Sunday. I did my mom's funeral on Monday. We did Brother uh, Mrs. Diener's husband's funeral on Tuesday. Had church Wednesday night. I couldn't let my emotions take over. I could prepare her funeral message. I could prepare the other funeral messages. I had preached Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night church. But I could not plan the emotions that we were going to go through. So we went through them. Everybody understand that? I, I've got to plan this so that I... No, 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 no. You're not going to plan it. You're going to be sadly disappointed if you do. Uh, well, I have dreams and I have plans. <laughs> if you are over the age of 30, nothing you dreamed about as a teenager turned out the way you thought. Nothing. <laughs> kind of like the young man that, bless God, I'm tired of my mom and dad telling me what to do. I'm going to go join the Marine Corps. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's something far worse than your mother. It's called a drill instructor. Amen. Uh, and you're going to find out very quickly. Mommy was a whole lot nicer and didn't use the words that that drill instructor uses. Wait a minute. Does everything turn out the way we planned? No. I got a boy that's 28 years old. Get He's in the Air Force, been there for not quite three years. Just got his sniper training this, finished his sniper training this week. Leaves for Jordan in April. I said, son, I said, how's this mess over in the Middle East affecting you? Because you're going to be <laughs> literally from here to Hagerstown from Israel. He said, well, he said, I might get hazard pay, Dad. <laughs> I said, is it going to change anything? He said, no, if anything, I'll get there a little faster. He said, might get to put my ADM to work. He said, might be pulling the trigger more times than I planned, but we'll be ready for it. Yeah, <laughs> target acquired. Now, wait a minute. Uh, you say, preacher, are you worried? Who wouldn't be? 
But isn't this is what he's trained for? It's just as dangerous going up and down the streets in our cities in America, if not worse. At least there you know who the enemy is. Number three, and I'll finish quickly. Don't plan what to expect. Don't just not plan your feelings. Don't prepare, but don't plan every little detail and be frustrated when it doesn't work out. But next, don't plan what to expect. (laughs) As a pastor, I don't know what to expect every church service. Well, are you disappointed in the crowd today? I was excited. Now, I could give you 25 people that weren't here today. I could whine and cry over the 25 that weren't, or I could be thankful for the two visitors we had and the one that got saved. I could be excited about the lives that were touched and changed today. I could be excited about one of the men that came to me and said, Preacher, I was coming to you to ask you a question, but your sermon took care of most of it, but let's talk about it anyway. Now, that encouraged me. Say, why? Because I don't plan what to expect. I prepare to do what God said and let him take care of the results. You see, you prepare what you can and you let God take care of the results. I don't plan what happens when I go soul winning. You are not accountable for somebody getting saved. You are accountable for giving the gospel. When we start manufacturing salvation, the key word there is man, we've left God out. We're supposed to deliver the mail... Let let the message out. I do believe the more we get the message out, the more people will get saved. I really believe that. But at the same time, if they don't get saved, it's between them and God, not between me and God. I can look to God and say, God, you told me to get the gospel to every creature. There's not one place you said I had to have this many people saved today. I get tired of people trying to manufacture spiritual results. You can't. It's God's job, not our job. Planning what to expect can cause you to be very disappointed because you don't have any control over the outcome. Too many of us, everybody look at me for a second here, don't plan your children's future. That's between them and God, not between you and them. Get them prepared for whatever their future is. Don't plan their future Prepare them for their future. When Jeff was in uh, tech school and he was qualifying or uh, boot camp, qualifying for his uh, M4, which is the AR uh, version military. Qualified expert, 300 yards, open sights. Qualified expert, red dot, 300 yards. Had to go through a course with gas mask on. With gas mask, you have to turn your gun at about a 40-degree angle and shoot. Well, supposed to use red dot, got half, got, got two shots off, red dot went out. <laughs> Marine sniper, army ranger come over. They're banging on it, can't get it to work, shove it back in and said, well, you're at war, figured out, you gotta shoot. That little booger, open sights, 300 yards with a gas mask, <laughs> qualified expert. Marine sniper walked over and said, where'd you learn to shoot like that? And he said, my daddy and my grandpa taught me when we were out deer hunting. He said, son, what's your daddy do? (laughs) Sir, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. He said, I didn't ask you whether I believe you. What's your daddy do? 
He said, my daddy's a Baptist pastor. Huh. Well, guess if I had a pastor that could shoot like that, I'd have gone to church more. <laughs> That's all he said. Now, wait a minute. I didn't know what he needed to be prepared for, but I prepared him. He said, where'd you learn to shoot like that? He said, oh, it's just like leaning around a tree shooting at a deer. He said, did that with my dad many a time. He said, you have a pretty good idea how to, how to take what you did know and use it for here. He said, that's what I was taught to do. I didn't know he would be in the military, but I prepared him. Everybody doing okay? Uh, you can't plan what to expect because then you're robbing God of blessings. You're robbing others of blessings. If you only have one thing in mind as a blessing, you're going to be sadly disappointed. <laughs> Can I tell you something? Don't put a ceiling on God. Well, God, uh, it's got to be this way, and this is the way I want it. God might have something far better. Uh, <laughs> Brother Scott, I've learned, I don't ask God for anything specific. I say, God, this is what we need, but if you've got something else planned, let's do her. And there was days, <laughs> I remember, <laughs> Stuart McMillan called me. He said, I, I've got some money I want to wire to your church. I thought, God, I need $10,000 so bad right now. I can't stand it. You know I need $10,000. I'm not asking you, but I really need it. we we got to keep going with this building. And God, I've got to have $10,000. But whatever you give, that's fine. Four days later, when the money hit the bank and the bank called me to go over and I looked at it, it was $100,000. I was glad I didn't say, God, I've got to have 10000 and only 10000 You all know what I'm talking about? After I picked myself up off the floor a couple times, uh, figured out how many zeros that was, shazam. You know, we need to quit playing God to protect ourselves from being hurt or disappointed. Hurt is part of life. Disappointment's part of life. But sometimes in that hurt and that disappointment, we find the greatest blessing. Except a corn of wheat fall in the ground and die, it abideth alone. Sometimes it takes a little bit of beating up and breaking up before everything could happen. <laughs> the greatest people of the Bible you admire is because of the adversity they went through that was not planned. You think Noah planned to build an ark? Come on now. It was 400 miles from the nearest body of water that could float that thing. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. You think they really planned to walk into a fiery furnace and come out? Right. You think Daniel planned to get thrown into a lion's den and walk out unharmed? And all these pictures you see of him laying up against a bunch of lions is a filthy lie. Ain't nobody in the world going to lay up against a lion. Nobody with any sense. Quickly, some of the best and sweetest times of life come when our plans go awry. Part of the fun is adapting to life. 
Marriage, part of the fun's adapting. Say, well, it didn't work out quite like I thought. <laughs> you could have said that before you said I do. Trust me. <laughs> I didn't plan to go to California. I didn't plan to go to South Carolina. I didn't plan to go to Indiana. I didn't plan to come to West Virginia. I just planned to do whatever God wanted. I didn't plan to start Grace Baptist Church, but we did it. Maybe when those curveballs come, we get a little godly advice. We do what God says. We follow God's word, and we let happen what's going to happen and not worry about it. We get frustrated when our pre-planning doesn't work out the way we pre-planned. Say why? Because you planned and you didn't prepare. Learn to prepare, not pre-plan. Uh, I'm not talking about sin and wrong. I'm talking about life in general. Let's not get so locked into one plan that that's all we can do. Well, preacher, I, 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 I just want to sit in church. I don't want to help in the nursery, help in Sunday school. I don't want to help do this. I don't. I, I just. Well, maybe God wants you to grow. Listen to what I planned. Well, there's a lot of things I do that I didn't plan. Maybe we wouldn't be so mad and angry and upset in life if we just prepare and not plan so much. Maybe we ought to quit playing God. And if we'll prepare by doing it God's way, think of Mary and Joseph. Do you think it really turned out the way they planned? You think their family turned out the way they thought? How'd you like to have been one of Jesus' brothers or sisters? You couldn't blame it on him. They knew he was the son of God. Well, Jesus did it. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> Jesus is lying. Right. <laughs> I think through that one. That'd be a bummer, man. How horrible that would be. I don't think it turned out the way they all thought. But look at the blessing God gave us. Maybe we just need to learn to roll with it a little bit. Let's be prepared, but not so planned that we can't live it. Every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm done. Oh, just a simple thought, but boy, a powerful truth. It can save you a lot of frustration in life. A lot of anger. Uh, I wonder, who'd say preacher somewhere in that sermon something I needed tonight? Would you raise your hand? Oh yeah, many, many, many hands. Thank you. If you've been saved and never baptized, we could take care of that tonight. If you've been saved and baptized by immersion and you'd like to join our church, you come tonight. If you just raised your hand and said, God's working on my heart, preacher. This altar is big enough. How about you come? How about we quit trying to pre-plan and let's just prepare?